Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number one, two, three of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. I like that episode one, two, three. ABC. Uh, a, yeah, easy as ABC, or no, it goes ABC easy as one, two, three, right? That's the, that is that's correct. Yes. Right. Okay. So it's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, blah blah blah. The weather's nice. Uh, it's always <laughs> sucky in uh, in the prairies. Uh, Justin, you're in Saskatoon. Justin, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, obviously, coming off a, a Beau Bichette high right now. Uh, it's a drug, yes. I want, a drug I never want to quit. Uh, <laughs> so let, yeah, let the, it, day, the day's been good. Let it never be said that nobody puts the Jays three games under 500. <laughs> it might happen many more times during it, this season where we're two games above 500. But we're never gonna go three games below five hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty un or pretty eventful week for the Jays, but a pretty uneventful week for yours truly. <laughs> I don't have anything interesting to talk about in the warm up except, um, oh, you know what? Uh, um, I think it, uh, I think it was this past Friday, the last episode of Superstore. That was oh, sad. Yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Mm, I haven't watched it, any of the last season. No spoilies. Yeah, no, I won't. Um, I was very. I'll just say I was very satisfied. You'll be satisfied, Good. regardless of what it is you want to happen. You'll be satisfied. You'll be set. It's very. But if I don't know what I want, <laughs> well, then you'll still be satisfied oh, okay, because good. a lot of the anyway. Um, everybody dies. Uh, just oh. like Hamlet. Game uh, of Thrones. Yeah, or uh, Game of Thrones, but worse because. Imagine nothing, nothing is going to be worse than the series finale of Game of Thrones. Imagine watching a TV show for eight years, and at the end of it, Bran the fucking Broken is the one who gets to sit on the Iron Throne. Yeah. Imagine they watching did... a show for a long time, and then a serial killer becomes a lumberjack, and then you have Dexter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ending of Dexter is one of the worst. Oh. What's worse? The ending Allegedly of Dexter or the that ending back. of Game of Thrones? Uh, they're bringing Dexter back, apparently. I heard it's getting yeah, They need to do something. Revived. That, the, the last season of it and then the last oh, episode, God. Jesus Christ. Honestly, I think what, what pisses me off more is probably Dexter, just because I know that, well, I don't know, but I'm hoping eventually we'll get a book ending to Game of Thrones that is maybe more satisfying. Yeah. Um, what's, what was What was worse? the the finale of dexter as of like now because obviously yeah they might bring back the finale of dexter or the finale of game of thrones which one was the shittiest objectively game of thrones storyline wise dexter like game of thrones had such a big build-up and then to end the way it did like yeah shitty okay i know dexter Dexter did all this character development gave him a son gave him a woman that he loved and then he just like oh yeah i'm gonna go be a jack jk law two two words daenerys and john fucking Jinsna. they did our our boy and girl dirty it was nasty i hated it i hated the ending I, the one thing i was happy about in the with the end of game of thrones was uh sansa she yeah. finally got a chance to like she was like yeah i'm you know queen of the north now like i this even though she didn't really for a long time she didn't really do anything but then like season six she kind of like powered up yeah <laughs> uh same with john snow he kind of like powered up in season six and when they were finally together it was like yeah let's let's tag team this up and even though there, it, there was a lot of fun moments with the two of them arguing mm-hmm. um and then obviously john snow goes super sane in the last season and <laughs> kills everyone 
and yeah, kill, it kills everyone, but everyone kills him. It's stupid. I hate the ending of Game of Thrones. I don't want to talk about it anymore. If you want to talk baseball, you can always do that on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Good segue. And our and our <laughs> website. I know smooth. Right? <laughs> I'm so slick. Uh, check us out at BFMD podcast.com justin we are on anchor apple podcasts spotify google podcasts breaker pocket casts radio public stitcher tune in uh and then there's probably a bunch of fringe ones i know we're very big in azerbaijan so shout out shout out uh, to azerbaijan and all my azerbaijani fans um love them all right take us into the news justin i know like we're gonna have to talk about some poopy stuff here in the news uh but then we'll get to like the good stuff yeah one thing that we wanted to make note of uh the jays obviously finished a series with the angels over the weekend uh we wanted to just take a second to wish uh, dexter fowler a full and speedy recovery from that torn acl he suffered uh while uh, sliding or sliding into second base he kind of just jammed that that knee and yeah you can just see right away that he went down in a heap so we just want to wish him well never want to see a guy get hurt uh especially in that way just it's a baseball play freak thing it happens but hopefully he has a full recovery and can play some baseball again in 2022 so get well soon dexter is he speaking of of dexters hopefully he has a better ending than the tv show is he shut down for the year oh yeah he's 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 done that acl like that that shuts you down like Only Marcus Stroman was crazy enough to come back from a torn ACL. Um, yeah, Dexter Fowler's done for the year, for sure. He had surgery already. He's out. They've, they've said he's done for the year. Man. Expected that's... to make a full recovery and come back next season, though. Similar to Paxton with his uh, Tommy John. He'll be 36. Indeed. And he's already on mm. a downward spiral in his career trajectory, too. But uh, hopefully he doesn't go out like this. I don't want, I don't, you want, you never no. want a guy to go out with an injury. So hopefully he can no. come back for at least another swan song. Um, yeah. In happier news, we've got two things to talk about here. Uh, we'll mention uh, Yadi Molina. We talked about him a few weeks ago being a, a potential Hall of Fame catcher. He became the first player in Major League Baseball history, Patrick, to catch 2,000 games with one team. He caught his 2,000th game for the Cardinals this week. Congrats to Yadi for that. Obviously a legend uh, in his own right and comes from a great baseball family with the, the Molina boys. Um, and Joe Musgrove. Uh, the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history. I'm sure Ron Burgundy is pretty pleased with that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was <laughs> nice to see that. Uh, the Padres are a fun team. I am glad we don't have to play them because, yeah, they <laughs> would not be fun to deal with. I can only imagine Tanner Roark serving up meatballs to that lineup. That would be both extremely uh, dissatisfying and satisfying at the same time. <laughs> he, he wouldn't record now. Nope, he would not make it through the first nine batters. He would be up uh, probably about six earned runs on three home runs and during the first six batters that he faced, guaranteed. Uh, Man, you're going to make me barf. <laughs> into some COVID and IL news, uh, Teoscar Hernandez is on the 10-day IL as of the 13th due to testing positive for COVID-19. Hopefully Teoscar can uh, uh, get over that soon and he can maybe miss the minimum there. Uh, obviously he came into contact with somebody last week and had been quarantining, but did test positive on day five. So that means that he has to miss some time. Ross Stripling day to day with elbow tightness. He was supposed to start today's game against the Yankees, but was scratched last minute. 
hopefully that uh, is nothing serious. We hate to see elbow tightness when you look at a pitcher because that usually only means one of two things. Either it's just some minor inflammation like Thomas Hatch or you're doing the James Paxton and going to see Mr. Dr. Andrews and getting that sucker uh, repaired. Uh, Julian Merriweather is on the 10-day injured list with a left oblique strain. He threw two pitches in last night's game against the Yankees to record the last of the eighth inning and immediately went down the stairs into the locker room and did not return for the ninth. Uh, uh. David Phelps <laughs> is day-to-day after suffering a back contusion. He obviously got drilled. He got thwacked by a line drive against the Yankees yesterday, too. Hopefully he's okay. That doesn't feel good. Uh, Thomas Hatch started playing catch. No word on whether it was uh, with his dad or just some stranger. Patrick has here in our notes. So uh, it's good to hear that he had a game of catch. <laughs> I just thought it was cool. It, it That's just a said, good anecdote. When I, when I looked at the... Uh, hey, Dad, want to have a catch? When, beautiful movie. Absolutely beautiful movie. One day we'll do, we're going to do another Redux episode, I think, at some point of the best baseball movies so we can just go really go in depth with them. But uh, that line will always stick with me. Hey, Dad, want to have a game of catch? It's just, yeah. He just wanted to have a game of catch with his it's dad. Game of catch with his dad. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Back to the sadder news. Uh, George Springer, who still has yet to make his Blue Jays debut, he will not attend the next oh. road trip where we go through Kansas City and Boston. But it looks like he won't be back until after April 25th, which is my birthday. Hopefully he can return and give me a birthday home run. Uh, Nate Pearson, still in the 10-day IL, is pain-free and throwing at 100% intensity. He's going from 0 to 100 real quick. Now he just needs to ramp up his endurance, uh, face some live battas, and then rejoin the team. He might be uh, kind of like a Trent Thornton where he comes in initially as a multi-inning reliever to get stretched out. The Jays have said that they intend to use Thornton as a potential starter at some point. Um, and Robbie Ray is back with the team now, so sound the hallelujah buttons. Uh, the air horns will go off. Uh, he made a start, and we'll talk about it. Um, beep, beep, beep. Patrick, you have a question here. What is an oblique, and why are the Jays so bad at ha- not having strong obliques? Well, seriously, dude, make it stop. Like this, this, this was the injury ridiculous. that kept Vladdy out of his rookie year until the end of April too. Back I in tore 19. my oblique uh, just going through this list. <laughs> you spun too fast. Uh, the oblique yeah. are the like your side muscles. You know when you like when you get like a cardio pain when you're running, you get like those side cramps. Those are your obliques. Yeah, it's the muscles okay. along like the side of your of your six pack. I I have one of those, <laughs> so I know what it is. I don't have one of those. <laughs> the muscles are there. They're dormant. They're resting. Um, the <laughs> they're obliques sticky. are the muscles that are on the side of, 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 your, of okay. your body, and they receive heavy torque from a baseball player, as you can imagine, with the twisting motion of a swing, a throw, a pitch. A lot of, uh, a lot of strain happens to those muscles, and sometimes when you hit the ball as hard as these guys do, you're going to pull that, so that would seem to be a reason that uh, that that George Springer hurt his, and at least the reason why Vladdy hurt his. Uh, Merriweather throws 100 miles per hour, so you can do the math there. Um, that obviously is not the human body is not meant to do that. People who can do that are freaks of nature, and they cannot be trusted. Uh, <laughs> 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 so that is an oblique, and it just seems like those are just freak injuries that happen. Uh, we could probably look at other teams and you would find a lot of guys who miss time with oblique tightness and strains as well, too. 
uh, one of the more common injuries in baseball just due to the incredible amount of torque that these guys' bodies undergo. Into the results. Well, that's, that <laughs> Does that helps. answer your question? Yeah. It does, because it makes me feel better, because honestly, like going through, like typing all up, getting all our, our IL stuff ready to go was really depressing because all these guys, like we were starting to lean on Merriweather. Uh, <laughs> we yep. really need T. Oscar Hernandez, like peak T. Oscar. Uh, and I mean, he's not even that he's injured, he's, he has COVID 19. Um, got, but it's got the it's Rona. Nice. Do you think how close do you think Nate is to returning? If he's pain free and throwing at one hundred percent intensity, could he could he's eligible to he could to come be back activated. anytime. He's eligible to be activated now, but they don't want to do that. Obviously, they they want to ramp him up, right? Yeah, I would say three weeks would be my conservative timeline. I would think that he could be get he could be back in two. I think he'd have a similar timeline to George Springer. If he's throwing at 100% intensity now, they can, yeah, they can build him up in the bullpen, get him into some sim games, facing some minor leaguers at the complex across town. They got lots of options for getting him into some comp- into some competition. And then, yeah, really? I think I think he, he maybe opens. Face the boys then. I think he'll I think he'll face the the minor leaguers at at the alternate site for sure. Some of the boys. Okay. I wouldn't see why not. Um, they're over they're over there at the at the training complex across the t- across town in Dunedin training for the the minor league season. So they've got plenty of yeah. batters he could throw against. Um, and that would be good for those kids to see a hundred mile an hour fastball too. That'd be fun. <laughs> so yeah, that would be, that would be what I would expect would be, uh, I'd say two to three weeks for him. And I would, I would see him opening the first couple games that he plays, maybe going two innings in the first one, maybe three or four second time through, or maybe even being the bridge guy behind, uh, behind a Zoic in, in a game too. If you throw Zoic in at the beginning and then you throw in a hundred mile an hour fastball in inning three or four and you just watch him just mow people down. Yeah, we'll talk about this um, a little bit later in the show with sure. regards to upcoming games and stuff like that. But I was just thinking, like, if he's pain-free and throwing at full intensity, we kind of need someone to do a spot start coming up here. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking of possible candidates. Is Nate Pearson a guy, or is it too way too soon? Too soon. To open. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, let's move on. All right, the Jays after today's uh, Bobichet heroics are now six and six on the season. The bullpen has been uh, very solid so far, and Hanjin Ryu has been great along with Steven Matz at the top of the rotation. Those guys have been locking it down. Uh, offensively, it's it's been Vladdy and and everyone's um, expected second fiddle, Randall Grichuk carrying the load. Uh, Bobichet has been heating up, and Marcus Simeon has shown the ability to hit the home run and field but not do too much else at the plate he strikes out a lot so far uh we want to answer ask some questions and do some answers today patrick so uh, which player has impressed you the most so far of the blue jays well who would have thought that the biggest surprise for us so far the one who's been most impressive uh would be steven matz um yeah. i did <laughs> it's me it was me austin it was me all along that's right, Chris Henderson. I know you're listening to this. Uh, I was the one who predicted this. Going into camp, he had a lot to prove. And after a solid spring training, he has a very sexy stat line. I'm just going to barf a little bit up at you guys. So he's 2-0, and obviously, with a 1.46 ERA. 
Uh, and this is what this is what tickles me. The FIP is 3.31, XFIP 3.25. Uh, so he's beating the FIP projection. Um, the whip 0 0.89, uh, and he's he's getting the strikeouts. He's he's getting at least one uh, every inning, uh, and the walks are about you know what you would expect in 2021 baseball 2.92. It's weird. Remember like three years ago when we were like, if your BB per nine is above like two and a half, you suck. But now it's like it's a totally different BBs per nine. It's like a different stat now. Like it's everything's getting graded on a curve because people are walking more, right? Yeah, agreed. It's wild. Uh, so while Matt's numbers are less impressive than Huan Jin Ryu, and they always will be, um, he's quickly developing into a guy that we are relying on to give us a quality start. Uh, and he does have a big matchup coming up against Mike Miner uh, in the Kansas City series, and we need him at his best Cannot afford to have him throw a stinker. Um, but frankly, I'm not worried that he's going to throw a stinker. That's just, he, he's, he seems to be dialed in right now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think Steven Matz is doing, is doing exactly what we needed him to do. Um, I love to see it. For me, yeah. my most impressive uh, Blue Jay, I mean, this is an easy one. It's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, he's hitting 390, <laughs> yeah. Patrick. I, I yes, tweeted out today that Vladdy's trying to hit 400 this season because he's mad that he didn't do it in his last full uh, AAA season back in, I think it was like 2018 when he hit like 367 yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so he's he's like, uh, he's being so selective at the plate. There's been so many instances where there's like those those sliders that are like two inches out the outside corner and he just sets, stands there and shakes his head. Like he's like, I'm not swinging at that. Are you kidding me? Throw me a fastball. Uh, he's walked nine times so far against nine strikeouts. So... He's doing Vladdy things. This is what we saw from him all yep. through his Marley career was like walks and strikeouts were pretty much 50, 50. Um, and outside of a couple of early blunders where he uh, stretched a little too far at first, and came off the bag. We've also seen him make some insane plays at first base when he snared a, a line drive off the bat of Otani, which had like a expected batting average of over 500, I think on that play. So yeah. a great play for him. Um, slimmer Vladdy is greater than thick with seven C's Vladdy. <laughs> um, and you have in here his on base percentage is five nineteen. So he's his literally OB, getting on base half of his plate appearances. Five nineteen. Five nineteen. That's it's wild. That's how when you he's, walk nine times in the first twelve games, Patrick, and you hit three ninety, you're gonna have a really good on base percentage. He's not. It, what's weird? It, it's wild to say this, but he's not leading MLB right now in average. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, he's like he's like ninety points behind the lead right now. I try I trying to dig through my brain to remember <laughs> who it is exactly, but it's like we've never seen a guy uh, hit 400 for the Jays yeah. uh, terribly deep into the season. I think the closest we ever got was like Johnny O was hitting in the high 350s one year, right? I think. But well, like if, this feels like a special season for Vlad. yeah. Uh, something that to note as well too his his wins above replacement is already higher than it was for all of last season. So in 12 games, he, or it was actually after 11 games, he had eclipsed his his war from last season. Um, yeah. Fangraphs has his offensive value at 6.6 .6 right now. It was a 2.6 last year. And his defense Jeez. is actually only a negative 0.9 compared to a negative 6.9 last year. So uh, as I said, slimmer Vladdy uh, is greater than thick Vladdy because now he's not only hitting the ball like we thought he would, 
He's taking those close pitches and he is thwapping things. He's got a massive, massive uh, exit velocity going on right now. Um, next question, Patrick. We talked about impressive guys, but who has disappointed you the most so far? Well, everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, I believe that he has the potential to hit 300 all the time. Um, and I w- was really hoping he'd come into this year uh, and do what Vladdy's doing. Um, but instead, he's slashing 167 uh, batting average, 211 on base percentage, and a 167 slug which is bad. Uh, it's like Danny Jansen levels of bad. Um, he's getting bumped down the lineup, and the more he struggles, it's like it's not getting any better. Uh, he just he just whatever's going on with his approach at the plate, it's not working. Um, he is along with a bunch of other uh, Jays who started off ice cold, and it's part of the reason why we're six and six uh, when easily we could be like eight and four or better. Um, if our bats had woken up, um, but they are awake now. Um, yeah. Oh, Lord, they coming. I will say, like, to be fair to Guriel, because I still believe in him, um, it's only 36 at-bats. It's only 36 at-bats. Um, if you added two home runs to this or whatever, like, the numbers go up to being, like, just pedestrian. His slug would, like, triple. But, like, the, my point is, like, once he gets back to his his career average of hitting in the high 280s uh, with power upside, um, we'll be we'll be above 500 in no time. Um, yeah, I just have faith yeah. he has all the tools and he, he needs. Um, but man, since coming back from from uh, from last season, the, the all the highs we had with Guriel, like he, he he's gone over like a fart in church so far <laughs> just total just total awkward silence I, it's just disappointing i wish i i know he'll recover but i just wish he had started off better it's hard to fathom that if if uh if george springer was healthy lordis guriel would be the kind of the odd man out for outfield playing time right now because gritrick's hot um and then you've got Palacios, who's playing very well. Yeah, but would right Palacios have gotten the shot? At he he all wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. And if, but if you had a healthy Teoscar Hernandez too, I think Guriel is kind of like the the fourth rung on that totem pole right now. He would probably have a lot of DH days. Yeah, but that also relies on Rowdy Telez not being not getting hot either, which he's starting to. So yeah, it, it would just be interesting to see how they would manage that. It's going to be interesting to see how they do manage the roster when the when the team is healthy. Um. It sounds yeah. like probably Teoscar and Springer will probably be back around a similar time. So we're going to have some uh, some interesting conversations with, obviously, Palacios is going to be back to minor leagues, and Jonathan Davis may not be on this roster, which we're coincidentally going to talk about here in a couple seconds. Um, yeah. But yeah, Guriel's definitely been disappointing for me. Uh, you just talked about one of the guys that, you're, that you love. Um, I'm going to talk about <laughs> one that I do too, and it's Danny Jansen. He's batting 091, Patrick, through 25 plate appearances. The good news is that he's still taking his walks, but sooner or later yeah. he's, he's really got to get the bat going. He's got to figure something out. Um, Alejandro Kirk obviously got rid of his goose egg today with the home run. So Danny Jansen needs to show more value than just his elite game calling and defense. His hard hit percentage, Patrick, it's six. 
That's bad. Oh, um, I love Danny Jansen, man, but but the, honestly, the noose around that starting catcher's job is is starting to tighten. And if Alejandro Kirk catches fire offensively, and Danny Jansen continues to hit 091, um, we're gonna have a conversation about about who who starts more games. And I think you'll still see Jansen catch Ryu, but every other game it could be anybody. Obviously, Kirk caught Robbie Ray. Uh, and they were together all yep. spring, so he, he's got that position locked up. If one of those guys starts catching fire with Steven Matz, you could see maybe you see Kirk take over that game too. It's it's hard to say what happens uh, if, if Kirk gets hot and Denny stays like this. And let's look at this now: um, the bench battle. <laughs> we we've seen a professional hitter Joe Panic kind of live up to his end of the bargain so far. He's yeah. done a pretty good job hitting hitting nearly three hundred. Uh, and gives you that awesome glove that can play anywhere on the infield. Um, Jonathan Davis hasn't had a hit yet. He made his first opening day roster of his career, but doesn't have a hit. Hasn't been used much lately. He came into the game defensively yesterday for the ninth inning. Um, He's also been picked off at first base and thrown out trying to steal third, which are two things that you are not supposed to do as a baseball player. Watching him get picked off was... Especially, like, we talked about this in our kind of our angry episode. It was it was Steve Ciszek's second career pickoff in 600 games. Like you can't do that. Yeah, I yeah. like I could feel the vomit. I'm mad like, again. Like, I, was like, I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. You're 27 and you're trying to hold. Like you're clinging to that clinging. last roster spot. Like clinging. Yeah. And you're and watching he, Josh Palacios do what he's doing, and you're he's already lapped him. That. He's already lapped him. If they have to get rid of an outfielder, Jonathan yeah. Davis is on the is is getting DFA'd. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Rowdy Tellez, Patrick is heating up. He's got four hits over the past three games, including his Good. first bomb. Um, Kirk again, like we said, grabbed his first home run today and had some better swings. So really, really, panic was the only bench bat pushing for more playing time until. Josh Palacios entered the chat, and then obviously Santiago Espinal had a great one game stint too there on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it seems like like Palacios has has really put himself into the the right field conversation until until we get Teoscar or uh, or Springer back. So he's probably with the team for another week or so still, which leaves Jonathan Davis as that late inning base stealing and defensive specialist. I don't see a ton of bats for him unless we, we I know we're facing some left-handed pitchers, which we'll talk about in a second. So we, maybe we see him start over Palacios in those games. After what um, we saw, uh, after what we've seen of his base stealing prowess the last two weeks, I wouldn't even put him on the base. I, know, I would just put tough. Josh Palacios. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the, on the bench battles? Invest in Josh Palacios stonks. <laughs> now is the time. Invest in Josh Palacios. To the moon. Uh, he's going to the moon. I like the stock. <laughs> uh Jonathan Davis as his chances continue to dwindle closer and closer to zero. Um we've got yeah, like we talked about earlier with Guriel, we have we have a fourth outfielder problem when Springer returns. When the bo- when the boys come back, uh yeah. they'll be at hundred percent health. And um I'm okay with carrying four outfielders. Uh five outfielders, eh, maybe. Six outfielders, no. So Jonathan Davis is going to get DFA'd unless like each of his next six at bats he hits like a home run and wins mm-hmm, his games. Mm-hmm. Like he just he so much damage negative damage has been done. Um, getting picked off, I wouldn't say it cost us the game, but it was a a run wasted. 
Uh, same with getting thrown out, going to third, run wasted, uh, game lost. If I re- uh, did, we lose that game when he. Yeah, not hundred percent. We did okay. Um, yeah, Davis is uh is is a sitting duck. Uh, and Palacios that was the extra the innings game when we got mad. Yeah, uh, Palacios uh has options, so he he's gonna get sent down unless he continues to hit this hot. At which case. Do you send down Guriel? That <laughs> I mean, sucks. I mean, maybe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, but I mean, obviously, it's gonna be an interesting conversation. Yeah, if if you got a you'd guy, probably bench him. If you got a guy in Palacios hitting three fifty and Guriel's still hitting one sixty, then I don't know how you can't start him. But you got to keep riding Palacios until. Yeah. yeah. This team is this team is at the point in the rebuild where it's time to start winning, and you can't be starting guys just because they're under contract you've got to um you've got to put the guys in who are going to help you win games the most but um patrick what do we got coming up this week well uh we're doing a uh this is an old segment that we used to do but we're coming back it's old and now it's new it's the new hotness it's back it's back uh, as as we used to say uh, looking ahead, we've got a four-game series against the Kansas City Royals, who have actually surprised people. Uh, they started the year six, <clears throat> excuse me, six and four, uh, heading into tomorrow's game, which is yeah. Jackie Robinson Day. So get hype about that. Best day that. in baseball. Favorite I love day in baseball. Day. Love it. So everybody will be wearing the number forty-two, um, which is going to look very cool because the the Jays and the Royals have like similar uniforms. Um, one thing I like, uh, one thing I like about the Royals, ugh, feels dirty to say it. Remember a couple of years ago when they had that, when they had the gold, they had the Royals, but then the numbers on the back were gold, and it was for their World Series. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I loved that. Imagine seeing that in the like forty-two. That would be so cool. I know, like gold is ostentatious for like a baseball team, um, but I loved it. Uh, they have a four and two record at Kauffman Stadium, which is the place where doubles are born. Um, yeah, they're going to be tough. This is not going to be an easy series, especially considering the fact that uh, we have some pitching issues and uh, that we don't know who's starting tomorrow. Uh, and as you mentioned um, to me, I think it was was it before the show or during the show, Nats isn't getting bumped up. He is going to stay firmly in. He's staying on the, Friday. Uh, yeah, he's staying in there on Friday night. Uh, Thursday night, we don't know, but we're going to be facing Jacob Junis, uh, who has yet to concede a run this uh, this season. Um, he was kind of not expected to be a starter, from what I gather, but uh, he hasn't given up a run, so they awarded him with another start. Yeah. Um. I yeah, I'm very. Interested I want to learn more about this TBD start. guy. Sounds like he's a pretty good pitcher. TBD. Has a zero <laughs> ERA. Um, no walks yet either. So that's pre- that's yeah, pretty the, promising to me. The picture on MLB is just a giant like sack of balls instead <laughs> of <laughs> the picture of like this like so cool dynamic picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a result of a uh, Tanner Roark guy. Offering his those are all the home run balls that he's that he's given up this season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but no, I I'm excited for this game because I think this is the one that we, like we could try to steal. 
Not yeah, that uh, Junis is bad because he's he's off to a very good start. Yeah, um, and and like there's there's not many better scenes for baseball than an evening game at Kaufman. It's a beautiful ballpark. I know we talk about hating the Royals and all that stuff, but like Kaufman is definitely in my top ten. Yeah, ballparks. it's probably a top five for me. Tbh, we should do we should do ballpark uh, power episode. rankings. Yeah, we'll do a ballpark dun, 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 power dun, rankings. A, a tier list. That's those are hot. Oh right yes, let's do a tier. <laughs> let's do a ballpark. Write that down somewhere. We'll do a ballpark tier list. All right, I'm gonna put a nice uh, sticky note. I've got so many sticky notes for episode ideas on my computer screen. I know, I know. Shout There's out though, uh, PNC Park is gonna be S tier. S tier. We don't even, we don't even have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so Stephen Matz is gonna go up against Mike Miner on Friday. I think I mentioned this earlier in the episode. This is the marquee matchup right here. This is like Sunday night baseball, legendary like. Two really good pitchers uh, off to a good start. I know yeah. Miner's ERA is ah. uh, it's a it's a little deceptive, but he, he he's been good. He'll strike out a uh, bunch. Yeah, like he's he's a K machine. Uh, Matt so far this season has been a K machine, Indeed. <laughs> which is weird to say, but whatever. Um, we need him to be solid if we're gonna have a chance to win that one. Uh, and then Saturday we've got Robbie Ray versus Brady Singer. Singer is off to a rough start. Um, he is he is a strikeout machine. He's a first uh, round draft him, pick too. So fir- firsty, he's a firsty, uh, and he got roughed up by the Angels. But so um, did we. <laughs> so did, yeah, so did we. Uh, Robbie Welcome Ray to is gonna is gonna be starting for us. Um, I didn't. I wasn't really that impressed with Ray. Uh, I mean, during it was better was than okay. having Tanner Rowick start, Patrick. Yeah, I know, but like we can't keep comparing everything to. Yes, we can. <laughs> he is the I baseline. Guess, but, uh, it's really, it's what it's really going to come down to in this one is can Robbie Ray hit the zone uh, and keep the ball down? Uh, Kaufman is middling as far as home runs go. It's a big part. Uh, it is cavernous. It's, a, it's cavernous. It's basically the place where doubles are a regular thing. Yeah. Um, if Robbie Ray can keep the ball down uh, and limit limit the hits, limit I mean the walks. Limit the walks. Uh, he'll be he'll be okay. Um, that one feels like a very winnable game, just because Brady Singer is having a a, a, t- a tough time, and I don't think he's expected to be, you know, some you know ace with a zero ERA. He's got ups like he's got like two three rotation upside. I would say for the future, he does. He's a good. He's, a, he's, he's a first round draft pick. He's got yeah. He's still he's still a he's still a puppy though. Like it's, it's his only first full season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good opportunity for us to rough up uh, a young pitcher. Uh, and then Sunday is the big one. Sunday afternoon. Sunday, Hunjin Sunday, Ryu Sunday. Versus Danny Duffy. Both of these guys are great. They're the aces of the staffs. Uh, Ryu obviously one and one because he served up that meatball, and I'm still mad about it. Uh, but he's, <laughs> he's been striking guys out. Uh, he's been impressive. Uh, Danny Duffy has been like Cy Young level of excellence so far this year. He's only started two games, uh, but they've won them both. And his ERA is 0.75. He's also, he's only given up one earned run uh, up against 11 strikeouts. Excuse me. Uh, batters uh, have a 2-2-2 batting average against him this year, which is a little bit higher than I thought it would be. And that's why, Justin, I did a deep dive because I was wondering how in the hell is Kansas City a team that was, you know, expected to win maybe between 70 and 80 games how are they six and four well let me tell you why Ooh, okay. Re- 
Reason number one is Danny Duffy. We just talked about it. Uh, when your ace performs like this, it's easy to win games. Uh, we learned that from Jin Ryu last year. He was yep. outstanding. Third place Cy Young. Uh, in terms of their hitting, Whit Merrifield is hot. Uh, Salvador Perez is hot. Michael Taylor is hot. Uh, and it honestly doesn't really matter. The rest of the team is below average to bad at the plate. That's a third of their lineup, and they all hit. Pretty sure they hit like three, four, five, or two, three, four, or deadly. something like that. And the, it, they're just deadly. They're the ones that we really need to find a way to pitch around uh, during this uh, series. We want to cool those guys off. Uh, and outside of Duffy, though, it's weird. I was looking this up, and it's like a tale of two teams. Half their rotation is great. The other half is bad enough to lose you games. So the Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, and then when their bullpen, half of their bullpen, I'd say less than half of their bullpen have been great. The other half have been stanky. So it's weird because it's it's they're almost like Jekyll Hyde. It just depends on who gets <laughs> rolled out. And unfortunately, we are going to end up facing uh, Duffy and Miner, who are very, very good pitchers. Yeah. Um I I see us splitting this series 2-2. Two, two. Uh do you have any insight you want to uh, bring to this? I can analysis? see that. Uh a couple things that I would like to point out. Um Blue Jay batters have had some experience against Mike Miner. Obviously Marcus Simeon played with the Oakland Athletics in their division. He's yeah. only hitting 167 and 18 career at bats against him. Um, the best in our team in terms of overall results is Randall Gritchuk. He's hitting 250 and eight at bats. Uh, in terms of uh, Danny Duffy, we've got a little bit of experience against him, but not too much. But the Royals don't have a lot of experience against Hanjin Ryu. Only three guys on their team, uh, Andrew Benintendi, Hanser Alberto, and Michael uh, Taylor, have faced Ryu a bunch. Michael Taylor's faced him 13 times and has an 077 batting average. That one hit was a two run home run, though. Um, and against against uh, Duffy, Marcus Simeon's actually hitting uh, 333 and 12 at bats against him. So, not a lot of experience because obviously lots of guys on both teams are pretty young. And obviously, Ryu pitched in the National League. We didn't play the Royals at all last year, so they haven't seen him as a Blue Jay yet. But there's not a lot of experience against these pitchers for any of these teams. Steven Matz comes from the at the NL. Robbie Ray comes from the NL. So a lot of these batters are going to be seeing these pitchers for the first time. So I think a 2-2 split's pretty realistic. Uh, I can see the Jays taking three of four. I think that Ryu-Duffy matchup is going to be a toss-up, honestly. But um, if the Jays can get quality starts from from Mats and from Ray, I think we can we can victimize the bullpen for the Royals quite a bit if we can get into that, especially if we can get into them early tomorrow. If the if Junis doesn't pitch well for the for the Royals, the same goes for whoever we start. If, if wh- Whichever team gets to their bullpen first i think has the the downside in this series you want to get that starter as deep as possible tomorrow yeah what 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 pleases me though is that to to the credit of the jays rotation uh, we have gotten quality starts from mats and ryu and they're both pitching in this and they're pitching against the other two guys who i'm most concerned about hitting off of but this kansas city team i looked at their team stats um they're not that great a hitting team and they're not that great a pitching team either. So, you know, are they better than us? Not really. No, no, I would are say they not. worse than us. Not really no. either. <laughs> so like, it's kind of interesting to see, especially with us having so many injuries. Yeah. I'm, I'm most afraid of Salvador Perez. Um, 
and Danny Duffy. I would say, like, I would love it if we stole that game against them because Danny Duffy is for sure yeah i think he's he, scary we want to win two out of the first three games that way the worst we get is that split if we lose the duffy mm-hmm. start i think yeah you you want us to the jays eight and eight at minimum after this after this weekend series um obviously you, you take anything above that uh and, and run with it so yeah i i think you're right with the split i can see that too um i'd love to see them take three out of four though i think the first three games are obviously the most winnable because duffy's start is going to be a test it's a tough one, but but lefties, Patrick, too. lefties are fun. There, there are a, there are actually a lot of lefties pitching yep. in this series. Two lefties for us, uh, or three for us, and two for them. <laughs> yeah. And if we start I'm, Anthony K tomorrow, if he gets called out there before lefties, oh please do it. Give me all my lefties. Let's, but let's wrap up by just saying, like, who do you think is going to start tomorrow? Because oh, nobody man. has any friggin' idea. I've, I've been scouring Twitter this whole episode, just hoping for an inkling of news, and just like a uh, morsel. Nothing is 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 said yet. Um, they don't know. Uh, I won't be surprised if it's Roark. I won't be. I will cry if it is, but I've cried a lot in my life, and I plan on doing a lot more of it. <laughs> well, you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and yeah. the playoffs are coming. And uh, sure with, all the hype, oh God. with all the hype behind the trade deadline, you'd swear to God they're, they're already being anointed the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, that's that's the only way we're probably ever gonna get it. It's just by being anointed. Honestly, uh, I oh I don't want to watch you suffer. I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to be a dick here. I know. Real talk, like I don't want to see you suffer more, but I also would love it if I did. If <laughs> if Toronto lost in the first round to the uh, to the Canadians, oh man, holy shit, we would never hear the end of it. All and I'm not even a Leafs fan uh, or a Habs fan, but like I would just. <laughs> I'd love to see the vitriol that comes out of that. Uh, oh my God. You'd never hear the end of it. You'd never oh, hear no, the end of no, it. No, we definitely wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but that, that basically wraps up the episode for today. Again, Blue Jays are six and six. The bats are starting to come alive. Bo Bichette's hitting over 300 for the season. Now he's hitting three, almost 400 in his last 10. So yeah, keep that in mind. He's got a hit streak going. Randall Grichick's still playing pretty well. Vladdy is obviously vladdy and then we'll hopefully get some guys back off the il in about a week and a half and get this team back to full health and see the opening day roster that we thought we were going to get before the end of the month uh but for patrick out in halifax it's justin here in saskatoon follow us on twitter at bfmd podcast listen to us wherever you get your podcasts including anchor apple spotify google and more find us on our website at bfmdpodcast.com you can listen to all the shows there too on the podcast player Send us some feedback. Leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms. Give us a follow. Subscribe. Smash that like button. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. And we'll catch you after the Kansas City Series Sunday afternoon.